you like if I look at you instead? Sure, you can look at up real one. Yes. Good morning. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Babe, are we supposed to do it one at a time? Okay. I'm supposed to say good morning. All right. And then you're supposed to say good afternoon. All right, go ahead. And then one of us or all of us will say good evening. Okay. You ready? Yep. Okay. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Wherever, Wherever you are. in the world. No, babe. Let's start over. Okay. So this time you say wherever you are in the world, and then we'll both say hi. It's been a while. Okay, yeah. come on. Work with us, people. Are you ready? Yeah. One, two, three. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Wherever you are in the world. Hi. hi. I'm Belanda. And I'm Tariq. And you're listening to the Jacksons Take, Take five. five. We back, baby. We live, baby. Reunited, and it feels so good. Ooh. We missed you guys. I miss sitting here with you. It's been a while, right? In this dark space mm-hmm. with the candles lit, just vibing. That's right. <laughs> it, it's been a month or so since we've done an episode. Can you believe it? Yeah, it's been a while. Probably yeah. like, 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 like two months, maybe? Yeah. Don't judge us, y'all. But you know what? I am so sorry for ever promising you guys that this would be a weekly podcast. I lied. To reglide. Yeah. Forgive us. There's just no way. Your life too crazy. No way that I can run a household and write a dissertation and post on Instagram and edit books while doing research throughout the week to put together a great conversational podcast. I can't do it. No, nah, we can't do it. I wish I could, but I would be stressing myself out and a stressed out V is no good to anyone. Yes, Lord. Listen. Listen. <laughs> Listen, don't judge me. Listen. I'm serious, though. I'm just saying. I love you guys. We love you guys. Yes, we do. So much. And we pride ourselves in in giving you all our best selves. I know I do. Yeah, everybody do. I started this Instagram almost six years ago, just, just wanting a space to show off my children's outfits and to share all the funny videos of them from my phone, just to have somebody to laugh with me. And I also wanted to connect with my college friends and somehow... Some way, right? We have over a hundred thousand followers, and we thank every one of y'all. And you guys have made us this this poster influencer family. Isn't it amazing? It is amazing. God, listen. We think we're doing one thing, but his ideas are always much bigger. Come on now, that's right. (laughs) And you know, I don't take being an influencer lightly. Yes, I'm aware that you can make trillions of dollars from it. You know that 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 six year old kid Ryan from Ryan's Toy Review. Yeah, he, that the he, kids love so much. Yeah, yeah. That man made that little boy. I said, man, that boy made twenty two million dollars last year. That six year old. He's playing with toys. That's crazy. If he's even six, he may be younger than. Nah, he probably he probably six. Must a, be nice. <laughs> I'm but, like loving tax time. Six year old paying taxes. Really. That's, I don't know if that's good or bad problems to have. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't do this for money. You you guys wouldn't believe how many brand deals we've turned down and how many emails we've turned away and still turn away that offer us money and incentives to do promo on our page. I care about you guys. This is our space, but it's also your space where you come to be entertained and encouraged and yes. inspired, not to be hustled and offered to buy things. And 
you know, we will do brand deals with people, but not very often because it depends on the product. That's correct. I have to absolutely love it yes. and would use yes. it on myself or my children. Yes. And I am a very hard woman to impress. That is true. But I didn't create this page to make a profit or an income, you know, because it's not always about the money. Sometimes it's about the moment. It's about people that God set in front of us to influence and to touch and mm -hmm. to bless. It's That's not right. always about what you can capitalize and monetize off of and gain from. This is my life. This is our life. Yeah. This is real life. I'm, you know, I, I, I'm not some insta celebrity on this pedestal using my power and opportunity to sort of sculpt a, a, a portrait of myself that's not reflective of reality. This is not our little world away from the world where we're trying to virtually live out our dreams. This is not staged for effect or to maximize your interest and excitement and limit your boredom. Not this is who we are. This is us. This is our space to be encouraging and inspiring and real and transparent. And I take it serious mm -hmm. because people need to see that. And so I try to respond to everybody's DMs, no matter the question, no That's matter true. how long it takes me to sift through no them. No matter what time at night. <laughs> you know, you I'm know trying to sleep. Listen, this world is suffering. People are hurting. People are wondering. They have questions. Moms need advice. Dads need advice. True. Marriages are struggling. People are looking for role models and people they can trust. And I try my very best to be there for you guys as much as we possibly can because I understand because I'm human just like you yeah I have fears and weaknesses and shortcomings and insecurities and struggles just like everybody else at times I get sick I get hungry I get scared I get tired I get stressed out and I get overwhelmed I don't have it all together and I I, I, I battle many of the same issues just like every other woman I, marriage issues extended family difficulties finances motherhood issues and I'm waiting for the day that God sends me someone like me that cares or that can teach me how to walk through some stuff or just to be there to show me that I'm not alone mm. and while I'm still waiting for that God has called me to be that for so many of you come on and I've learned through experience that it's not just your mamas and your mentors that raise you but it's also your moments that raise you and some awakenings that make you say I'm better than this mm -hmm. I can do better and okay. I want better and there have been so many moments in my life that have defined me oftentimes chaos and and conflict and destruction and disaster have shown me just who I am moments draw something out of you at least they did for me. That's good. That's and they good. left me with so many epiphanies and decisions and learned lessons. And I'm here to share it with you guys. So when I speak, I speak from a place of honesty and vulnerability and integrity. It doesn't matter who's in our audience. We have millionaires and celebrities and pastors and mothers and fathers we got and everybody. criminals that follow us. You've got medical doctors and lawyers and people with PhDs and GEDs and no EDs <laughs> at all. We have people as young as 10 and 11 that just talk their parents into allowing them to have an Instagram. And mm -hmm. some of them are as old as 80. And we have black people and white people, Chinese, Spanish, people from different countries who speak different languages. Yes. We have deaf people that ask me, hey, can you put closed captionings in your videos so that I can understand? For real? Yes, all the time. All the time. Yeah, I finally do that. 
And I, I, I keep saying I'm, I'm, I'm going to figure it out, and I can't figure it out. A woman wrote me and sent me in the name of the app, but I cannot find her DM. Was like an ADA app? I don't know what it is. Um, and you know what? They say that a group of people like that in all of our differences and walks of life, they say that the only place we'll ever be in the same room is a marketplace or some sort where we're buying goods or exchanging something. Mm -hmm. And I disagree because we're all here under this one Instagram and I'm not selling anything. Nope. I'm just speaking from a place of truth because truth is always relatable. Come on. So when we create these podcasts and we embark on these important conversations, we put our all into it. Yes, we do. I do. I do, too. <laughs> I do a lot of research before I get on this microphone and open up my mouth because I want to make sure that the way I feel and the truth of what really is aligns. I want to be sure that I'm leading you guys the right way and not just my way. Okay. So I, I, I put in some work before I get here, and that takes a lot of time. And I am unable to do it every single week. No. But we promise you that when this notification pops up, that there's a new podcast. It's good. It's good content. You to click on it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Especially today, because this will probably be one of our most vulnerable podcasts. For me, anyways. Um, last month or a couple months ago or however long it was since we talked uh, last um, when you and I talked about our relationship. Yes. That was pretty open. That was it was. Pretty it was. Out there. Yes, it was. But I was comfortable because, you know, I love you. I love you too, baby. And in all of our issues and problems, we went through them together. Yes, we did. So nobody was in the hot seat to be judged no. you know because we share common flaws yes, we, we both had had issues and 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 you know differences so we got judged together mm -hmm. but today is where i feel like we separate and okay the light just shines on me and all of my skeletons are hanging out and so it kind of leaves me alone so it makes me feel a little out there but it's okay because i'm right here you are here and it's for the people um our topic today is on toxic relationships and toxic people. It has been the most asked. People ask me this literally like 10 times a day. Yeah. How do you deal with toxic relationships? I have a toxic boyfriend or a toxic mother or I'm toxic or my children are toxic or my workplace. How do you do it? And we've all been there. Right. Yes, absolutely. Be it thousand percent. Yes, be it a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a friend, a mother, a father, a coworker, or a family member. We've all come into contact with a toxic person that at 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 some point in our our lives. And if you haven't, you lying. Don't worry, you will. If you ain't lying <laughs> about it. Or if we're honest with ourselves, we've been that toxic person to somebody else. I was about to say that. And if you're trying to determine if you're in a toxic relationship now, the warning signs aren't very hard to spot. And let me first say that there is a difference between a toxic relationship and a relationship that just needs work. Okay. For example. Explain to <laughs> You like the hype man in the background. I am, right? <laughs> My baby hype man. Yeah. Tell him, baby. For example, my mothering skills that you guys praise me over and put me on a pedestal from time to time. 
I don't believe that that spanking is always a healthy choice when trying to teach our children things. I don't like to yell at my children. I believe in patience and calmness and getting down to their level to understand them and work out problems. But once a month for three days, Aunt Flo, God bless her, she comes to visit me. And I go from Mary Poppins and her spoonful of sugar <laughs> that helps the medicine go down to just take the medicine before I shove it down your throat. <laughs> and if the kids catch me on a frustrated day when I'm tired and I can't think and I'm impatient and groggy, I will spank them if they push me. And you know what? I feel horrible for that it every true. time. I don't, but she does. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to go back to the kids and I have to apologize and say, you know what, mommy's sorry. I'm not being patient today. I'm not feeling well. And as a result, I'm not making good choices. It's not you. It's me. Please forgive me. I'm not perfect. And I can't say that I'll never get frustrated again, but I can promise you that I work on my flaws and I'll do better at it. And I, 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 I try to walk forward in love Amen. and conviction. And I pray and I try to find more positive inspiration on what it takes to be a good mom. And I read books on how to successfully navigate the choppy waters of parenting. But regardless of my flaws and all the work that needs to be done, my children are happy. They feel secure. Mm -hmm. They feel cared for. Yes. Important. They feel valued and loved and respected and free to be themselves. That's a relationship that needs work. Yes. But 33 years ago. Here we go. I was born to a mother who began abusing me since I was about two weeks old. That's a shame. That was the original Aunt Flo and a permanent unwanted house guest. Now, who is Aunt Flo real quick? Because I don't know who that is. Aunt Flo, babe. When your period comes, the flow of blood. Oh, well, how men not supposed to know? We don't know what that means. <laughs> All this time you didn't know what I was talking no, about. No, I think you're talking about the lady from the insurance. I'm like, Aunt Flo. <laughs> Flow, and I know I'm not the only man that's like, Who's our flow? I'm trying to think of it as a black person I remember from the movie. Yeah, I'm thinking, Who is our flow? She talking about, I mean, was that precious mom or something? But who is our flow? I'm just saying, y'all, I know I'm not the only guy that said, Who is our flow? And she's saying, I flow, and I try so to when we calm. say our flow, okay. our flow is a woman's, it's a term we use for a woman's period because you know, periods only come on at certain times in the month. Mm. So we say, Oh, I'm flow came to visit. Okay, we don't like her. That's the first time you said that. We've been married for seven years. Oh my gosh, but okay, go ahead, continue. I'm sorry. Oh my gosh, I flow anyway. Um. Family members who we lived with at the time told me that, you know, I would be in the crib crying as a newborn baby and that my mom would come in plucking me to get me to shut up. And as I got older, I've told this story so many times, but she went from plucking me to punching me to throwing me downstairs to burning my hands over stoves to cutting me with knives and beating me with extension cords and leaving me locked in my room all day long with no food and a bucket of bleach to urinate from. And she 
she was never sorry for her actions. Mm. The only thing she was sorry about was giving birth to me. She never wanted to do better. And she kind of always blamed me for her sadistic behavior. It was always, you know, if I were better behaved, if my skin wasn't so dark, if I weren't such a chubby kid, if I didn't ask so many questions or be so disruptive in school, then maybe she would be nice to me. And I was terrified of her, but I always wanted to be around her. I despised her and I yearned for her in equal amounts. Mm. She made me feel drained and depleted and distraught. That's a toxic relationship. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> the word toxic, I looked it up. Okay. It means uh, uh, poisonous or venomous or dangerous and unsafe and harmful, malignant. Webster said that it is the dumping of toxic waste. So when something is toxic, that toxicity is usually within, meaning that it's internal. Mm-hmm. You take a... Um, a poisonous snake, for example. Okay. The poisonous venom they produce is created in its own body. Right. Snake venom is a special kind of saliva that's stored in a place in a snake's body that's similar to our salivary glands. Yeah, it's like a snake spit. Yeah. And here's what's crazy. As snakes grow and evolve, they develop antibodies to protect themselves from their own poison. Mm. So their venom doesn't affect them. It's strictly just lying in wait for some one not like them Come some on now. unsuspecting piece of prey mm-hmm. toxic people are oftentimes deeply wounded and for whatever reason they aren't willing or ready or able to take responsibility for their issues and so they allow stuff to collect in them and corrode in them which creates a poison right. that is created inside of them mm-hmm. that they are immune to but they'll use it to destroy somebody else mm. Toxic relationships are horrible to be in. They cause monumental breakage to people and families and workplaces. And just like bullets, they don't have names or faces or specifics. Toxic relationships aren't the territory of the weak or the downtrodden or insecure. There are strong, healthy, independent people who find themselves in the white knuckle grip of a toxic relationship that dissolves in ash and legal fees. Mm. I know a bunch of them. Mm. And most times when you're in a toxic relationship, it's like being bitten by a poisonous snake. And if you're not careful, the abused can become the abuser, a.k.a. you'll end up the toxic person. Yeah, yeah. Remember when we used to watch The Walking Dead? (laughs) With those hideous walkers walkers, that go around biting people. And that was it. Yeah, and the people they go off to bite became walkers. Became walkers just like them. Mm -hmm. So what I'm trying to say is that if you allow a toxic person to affect your space for too long, you'll end up just like them. That's right. It happened to me. After dealing with my mom for 12 years, I finally got away from her. And although I was free physically, you know, mentally, I was still in prison. And I would love to sit here and woe is me and go down the list of all the negative things she did to me. And it's her fault and blah, 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 blah. But that's not the whole truth. And a big part of healing is being able to hold yourself accountable for the things you've done. Yeah. We all have a past. That's true. And while we can't always help where we've been, we can hold ourselves accountable to help ourselves get to where we're going. That's right. So many times people ruin who they are because of where they've come from. Mm. They blame things on their past and other people and they never move forward. I wrote a post about that. 
Did you? I did. On Facebook? I did. My mother started the race, unfortunately. She started the abuse. Um, she's the one that started to, you know, treat me like I was an animal. And right before I was taken away from her, she passed me the baton. And I continued the toxic race mm -hmm. on my own. On your own. <laughs> my self-esteem was contaminated, as was my happiness and the way I viewed the world. I was poisoned, and I ended up a toxic person. You didn't even know you were poisoned either. No, I didn't. I was just reacting to my environment. Wow. I was angry. I was depressed. I was a troublemaker, a cutter. I had an eating disorder. I wow. was a liar and All a those thief spirits. and a manipulator and mm. the queen of drama by the time I was 15 years old. Jesus. I had all kinds of microaggressions toward innocent people, and I ruined good relationships. I didn't trust anybody. I was miserable. I was alone. I was drama, honey. I was wild. I walked through my teenage years dysfunctional and controlling. I didn't know if I was coming or going. I floated through my teens with a trail of broken hearts and broken people behind me. I ruined everything good, and I was always looking and searching for my mother, a.k.a. toxicity, mm -hmm. in other people and other things. Best believe if I walked into a positive situation, it would be full of drama and mess by the time I walked out of it. Wow. Because growing up, toxicity was familiar to me. That's all you knew. Yes. Yeah, so although I despised it, it was hard to function without it because it felt like home. Wow. You ever meet those people that, that start off sentences with, now, I don't like drama and negativity, but they're always at the center. Every of time. That was me. That was me. That was me. I couldn't keep a boyfriend, a friend, and I was homeless during this time. And I moved all throughout the city of Philadelphia looking for a mom and a home and love. And all I found was drama, 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 hate, more drama, more poison. And I wanted to get out of it all, but I just kept getting deeper involved because it was all I knew. Like quicksand. Yes. And around this time, I had to be a sophomore in college, and I think I was around 19, 20 years old. And I kept scouting out and attaching myself to these women who were like mentors, and I called them mom. And they were in my life to try and fill that void of not having a mother and a nurturer at the time. And at the top of these relationships, these women were very nice and courteous and pleasant individuals. Yeah, they were. And they'll always be mm -hmm. as long as they're getting everything they want from you. But deep down, none of these mentees were, I'm sorry, none of these mentors were any good. No. They were all just different versions of my mother. Isn't it crazy how we attract what we despise? I just thought about that. Child, these people were mean and abusive and manipulative and controlling. And they saw how much I thought I needed them. And many of them used me to their advantage. Mm -hmm. They took money from me. I would buy them everything because I thought maybe since I had a hard time earning love, maybe I could buy it. And I bought, bought, bought with my broke 19-year-old self. And they took, took, took. The refund checks. Yes, college refund checks. Listen. And they just took, took, took with their mid-30s, 40s, and sometimes 50-year-old selves. Mm. But here's the kicker. No matter how much you give of yourself to these kinds of people, mm -hmm. it'll never be enough. Nope. People like this will 
always want more. That's right. These women drained my energy, my emotions. And when the time was right, they left and found somebody else. Drained everything out of you and then leave. Yes. And they found somebody else who could do more and give them more. Does that sound familiar? Yes. In any of your toxic romantic relationships? Wow. Or maybe family members or mentors or people you love and trust and respect. For me, <clears throat> trying to hold on to these kind of people was like paying $1,000 for a candy bar. I really didn't get much for my investment. And if you're in a similar situation, you won't get much for yours either. <laughs> and some of these women were perverted and bisexual and lesbians on the low because I didn't know going into it and where I was looking for a mother they were looking for something else Wow! and they would go touching on me inappropriately at night when they thought I was asleep but you know what no matter how disrespected or vile I felt I stuck around and I bared it all because I thought if I lost them it would be like losing my mother all over again it's like that woman that's in an um, abusive relationship and every time she goes it's to another abusive relationship yes yeah yes and she just and it's just like you're looking at this woman like yo this man is beating you up he's abusing you he's disrespecting you and you feel vile and disrespected but she sticks around and she stays mm -hmm. and, and we always like, wonder like what is wrong with what her? is why wrong she with keep you? doing why do you stay but you don't know the, <clears throat> the issue that yeah. she's looking for it's big there was this one woman in particular that i met at a church function while i was in college um she was a minister in a local church and at the time i had just landed myself a good boyfriend it's not me y'all it's leona no 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 it wasn't it wasn't him he was a good guy um, but it wasn't wasn't to read. Um, I was around 19 years old at the time. And that boyfriend just so happened to go to her church. So I thought attaching myself to her was a win-win situation because I, I said I could have a mom and someone to keep watching my man to make sure he wasn't doing anything he wasn't supposed to be doing. And so one night I was talking to this woman over the phone and she was telling me about God and encouraging me. And I began to open up about myself. And I mentioned that I was dating a guy that went to her church and she was so tickled by it. She was like, really? And I said, yeah, all shy and timid. And then when I told her which guy it was, she was so happy for me. And she said, you know what? I'm going to keep watch for you. And for about a month or so, <clears throat> this woman and I were talking back and forth and I eventually felt comfortable enough to open up about my past and I began to tell her that I was homeless and living at college during the semesters but uh, during breaks I was sleeping out of my car mm, Wow! and she said oh no this can't be she said come come live with me let me take care of you I'll be your mom and I'm like yes and she wasn't like all those other moms I had. She had money. So she had a big house in the suburbs of New Jersey. And I thought I had hit the jackpot of mm -hmm. moms. Isn't that how toxic relationships start? That's right. With a promise and false truths with all the right ingredients. of so perfect. What could be, yes. And we hold on to these truths because it's something we've always dreamed of or wanted. And, you know, things and people and situations look real good when you don't have it. Mm -hmm. But you got to be careful. That's right. Eventually, I went to live with this woman and during this time my boyfriend and i really started to like each other and we started to get closer and this lady was watching and taking notes and 
One day she stopped me in the middle of my relationship, my happy relationship. And she sat me down and she said, Belanda, I have to tell you something. She said, this guy is no good for you. She said, you're a beautiful, innocent virgin and he's a whore. She said, I didn't want to say anything at first because I thought you figured it out for yourself, but I don't think you will. Um, so-and-so is very good at his deceptions. She said, I know because I used to date him. Mm. And I'm like, what? Hey, right, exactly. What did, I, what did you just say? Right, you dating him, that's a big age, Y'all, a age difference. Listen, I was 19 years old. This guy was 19. This woman was in her 30s. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean any disrespect to her, but he was pretty cute and pretty popular. He was a musician. And, you know, this woman wasn't ugly, but she was much older. Not like the sexy MILF kind of older. She was like old soul older. Oh, here we go. She had a very old soul, and she didn't seem like his type at all. So this caught me by complete surprise. And she said, yeah. She said, we used to date. Um, she said, and I know he's younger, but I fell for him because he's charming. And this guy dated me and slept with me. And then he played me for a bunch of other girls. And I was so disgusted. Wow. <laughs> I was like, what? And like I said, I was still a virgin. So although I was the center of drama, I was never engulfed in this kind of drama. Right. You know, no, this no, no. was no. I'm like, Wow. And it caused me to look at this guy differently. And I was disgusted. And prior to this, he was such a good guy to me. But I'm like, this is my boyfriend. And she's supposed to be my mom. And they dated. And they had sex with each other. And I'm standing here right in the middle of it all. And I'm like, okay, this is awkward. Mm-hmm. I can't do this. Gotta go. Somebody has to go. It wasn't going to be mom. Because I needed mom. So I said, okay boyfriend's gotta go so i broke up with him and he was so upset and he came back to me when he figured it out figured out why i dumped him because i didn't initially tell him why because i didn't want uh he say he say she say i just told him i wasn't interested and one day he saw me walk into the church and i walked into her church with her and he knew right then and there mm-hmm. and he sent me a text message later on that night and he said you know what Valanda, i really like you He said, you are a good girl and you're different and you show me another side of living. And he said, me and this woman, I never dated her. I don't know what she told you. I did not date her. I slept with her. (laughs) He said, she wanted to date me, but she wasn't my type. She was my sexual type when mm-hmm. I was horny, but not to be seen. He didn't want the No, not to be seen in public with. He no. said, I slept with her and I had my fun and that was it. He said, and it looks like she's jealous because I've gone on to get in an actual relationship. And so it looks like she's jealous and she's trying to sabotage what we have. And you allowed her to do that. And he said, you know, you broke up with me. And I'm hurt. I wish you would have talked to me and give me a chance to tell my side of the story. And he seemed very sincere. But, you know, this woman had become important to me. This is mom. Right. <laughs> this is mom. Right. This is important. And I also didn't want to be caught up in some kind of love triangle and a web of lies. So I thought it was best that we break up. And he was very sad. And I was too for a little while because I, I actually liked him. But we both eventually got over it and we went back to our lives. And suddenly, uh, a couple months later, this woman, mom, uh, she got off work every day 
at about five, six o'clock and she got home around seven. But for like a month straight, she would text me and say, hey, I'm working late. I'll be home later. And she wouldn't show up until like nine, ten o'clock. And I never thought anything of it. But uh, a month or two into her lies and deception, I found out uh, in her phone, in her text messages, that it was because she was renting cheap hotels after work and she was sleeping with my ex. Mm -hmm. That same guy that was such a dog that she encouraged me to break up with. And I was horrified. I was hurt. I felt played for a fool. I was crushed. But you know what I did? Just like every recipient of a toxic relationship. relationship yep. I put my dignity back together. I made excuses for her. And I still continue to live with her and to trust her and to confide in her. Because, you know, that's mom. That's mom. Mm -hmm. And things just got worse. I told you guys uh, uh, early on that I could never keep a friend um, because I was always ruining things. Uh, I also always moved around a lot, so it was hard to keep connections. And I was also an introvert, so I had a hard time maintaining and sustaining meaningful friendships. You're still an introvert. Whatever. <laughs> Nobody will believe you. Um, I made this one friend who loved me for me. With all of my drama and issues, we were like white on rice. I clung to her like a lifeline, and she was so important to me. And looking back, it may have been a little unhealthy the way I trusted her and confided in her. But she was the only friend I ever had and the only relationship in my entire life that was consistent and stable. And so I, I, I wanted to do everything she did and I wanted to be around her 24-7. And, you know, she never minded it. Looking back, I would have thought I was a weirdo and a loner. But she was a sweet girl. And she had a younger sister, however, who was the exact opposite. Um, the sister... Little sister was hell on wheels. Mm -hmm. Not as bad as me, but she had mouth and attitude and would cuss you out. Mm -hmm. And one day, and one day, this girl, this little sister, who had to be no older than 12 at the time, um, she told her father off so bad that her dad put her out. And little sister called me because she needed a place to stay. And I had this, this mom of a mentor and I was living in this big house with, it was just us two. So there was plenty of room. She had a four bedroom house. And even though I really didn't connect with little sister, I loved my best friend, which was her sister. And I wanted to help. So I called mom and I said, Hey, my best friend's sister, uh, her dad put her out. Can she come here and stay with us? She's a little kid. She needs somewhere to stay. And mom said, yeah, sure. Why not? So little sister moved in with us. And my best friend, she never moved in. Um, but she always wanted to be where I was and where her sister was and what seemed like a loving environment. So we were all one big family full of females. You already know that's a problem. All them females in one house. We didn't. We, we actually, you know what? It was fun at first. And then Queen Mother started being manipulative and conniving and putting us all against one another. And I felt threatened by it because she made me out to be the bad seed. So I started my drama and lies to try and regain control of the situation. But you know what? You can't play those kinds of games with a person who can play better. That's true. That was that lady's house and her rules and her money that was taking care of all of us and feeding us and driving us everywhere and 
and paying for health insurance and everything. Wow. And she put us through so much hell amongst one another. At one point, we all hated each other while she sat back and smiled about it. Mm. Toxic. Yes, that's toxic. Toxic. Yeah. But still, like many of you in your toxic situations, I wasn't leaving because I thought things would change. That's right. And a few years later, my best friend, she died. Um, she was 21 years old. She had a heart murmur that was discovered during a routine checkup. And it never caused her any trouble, but the doctors felt like because she was a dancer, um, she should have it closed so that it wouldn't cause her any trouble in the future. And my baby walked into the hospital for a simple procedure just to close uh, the small hole in her heart. And the doctors overdosed her on anesthesia and she went brain dead. Wow. And she died. And I was crushed beyond repair. I was shocked and frozen solid and my heart had turned to stone. I couldn't believe it. And the night she died, we were all at the hospital and the hospital staff gave us all hotel rooms that was connected to the hospital. And I remember when I finally got myself somewhat together after they wheeled my best friend to the morgue, I, I, I went up to the hotel room where mom and little sister was staying and I knocked on the door and mom opened it up halfway and she told me, she said, you want to find somewhere else to sleep because my daughter just lost her sister Wow! and I need to be here with her. Mm-hmm. Just took you out. And she closed the door right in my face. Right in your face. That's a shame. And I remember walking to the train station because I didn't have anywhere else to go. And I walked to the nearest train station at one o'clock in the morning and I just sat on the dirty floor of the train station and I cried. And the day of my best friend's funeral, mom uh, wrote her obituary and she put everyone in it that was important to my best friend. And she left me out of it as if I never existed in her life at all. Toxic. And she did it on purpose. Wow. And I remember sitting there at the funeral. I was sad to see my best friend in that coffin, just lifeless. But I was so glad because she was at peace. At least she found a peace that I had been searching for, that I wanted. And meanwhile, I was suffering. I was still alive. It was a suffering that I had chosen myself, but it was still suffering nonetheless. And I wish I could say that right there in that moment, I learned my lesson um, and I found my healing. But no, I, I did end up walking away from mom, but I moved on to other countless toxic moms and situations. Yeah, yeah, you did. <laughs> Can you guys see yourself in any of these situations? Absolutely. Do these toxic people sound like different versions of toxic people that you may be around or have invested in? You know, romantic partners and mentors and leaders in the church and mothers and fathers and other family members. It's so hard when family is toxic because family is supposed to be our safe haven. But sometimes, however, it's the place where we find the deepest heartache. Everyone has a void that they're trying to fill. Yeah. Yeah. And they use, um, like you said, family or close people around to fill it. Yeah. And that's when toxicity happens because we accept it to try to fill that void. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's hard 
when it's family. Because yeah. family isn't easy to just walk away from. No, because you, you got them. You're stuck with them. You're stuck with them. You, you feel like you have an obligation to them. Right. And I've had family in my life that have used me and treated me worse than any stranger could. And they lied on me and they talked about me. They mistreated me. They kicked me out of their homes and into the street. And just like I said, I always felt obligated to stay connected to them because... That's family. family. Right. So what happened in all of this? Because it's pretty obvious that the woman you're listening to now that made it out and, and lived to tell the story is different from that toxic young girl that I've been speaking about this whole time. Well, after I, uh, I've risked my very being to stay in these toxic situations, I eventually just grew tired of it all. And I went on this soul search trying to figure out how to get rid of them. And I discovered a very harsh truth. I realized that, number one, I was just as toxic as all of these people I was trying to get away from. And I realized that if I ever wanted to be happy and whole, that I would have to do the hard work of fixing my issues and changing who Verlanda was. And I realized that the first order of business in fixing Verlanda was to get rid of them. All of them. Mm -hmm. And at first, I tried to fix me at first and still keep these people around. Right. Because I was afraid to let go. I've done that. Yeah. I've done that. But I've learned that it was impossible to stay around toxic people while trying to grow out of toxicity. You can't stay and grow. And part of growing was realizing that. Yeah. And it's easier said than, than, you know, done, because first of all, it takes two individuals to have a toxic relationship. There is the abuser and then there's the recipient of the behavior who chooses to stay. Yeah. And they stay regardless of the emotional damage. And they're afraid to speak up and demand better because they don't want that person to leave. And so they put up with abusive boyfriends and controlling girlfriends and manipulative parents because they want to hold on to the relationship. Right. But when you hold on to a relationship that has mutated into a toxic one, it has the potential to be extremely harmful. And sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes these relationships can be fixed. But in order to have a chance to fix these relationships, you have to be prepared to walk away from them. That's it. That's big. Yeah. That's big. So before I changed myself, I had to walk away from everything that was poisoning me to begin with. I knew that was hard. It was very hard because I thought I needed these people. I needed a place to live and I needed people to be my friend. And some of these people were family members and I didn't want to be the one that never came around anymore. I felt like I had an obligation to my family. And, you know, I, I, I didn't feel like I was in a position to just walk away from them. Be it a mom or a dad or a sister, we don't like a, we don't like to walk away from family. No, and most of the time we'll reach for other alternatives, anything but walking away, because walking away seems horrible. But you know what? Here is a cold hard truth that I had to learn, and maybe you have to learn it as well. We must accept the fact that not everyone's family is healthy or available for them to lean on or mm. to call on or to go home to. Right? No, that's right. It's Not every family tie is built on the premise of mutual respect and love and support. Mine wasn't. Actually, most of them are, to be honest with you. <laughs> Listen, there are a few that are. There are. Uh, there are. The word family in my world is just meant that I shared a bloodline. That's, that's it. That's with it. other people. That's just blood. That's it. 
And then there were some close friends and people that I'd grown to love that weren't inherently bad people, but they weren't the right kind of people to be spending time with every day as I tried to heal from my own issues. Not all uh, toxic relationships are are agonizing and uncaring on purpose some of them involve people who do care about you and people who have good intentions but they're toxic because their needs and their way of existing in the world sort of force you to compromise yourself and your happiness and so as hard as it was i had to distance myself from all of it to give myself space to live because I refused to continue to ruin myself. And I had to make, you know, my well-being a priority. And that meant disconnecting myself from people and learning to love them from a distance. And some people I let go entirely. And it felt weird at first. But the freedom I walked in, eventually, it was priceless. It was like a weight that came off your shoulders. It was like a weight, slowly. It wasn't removed right away. It was more so little by little. And, you know, you have every right to remove yourself from a situation that feels painful or harmful. You have every right to leave and to create a healthy space for yourself. Yes. I don't go to family functions. Not my family. They know not to invite me because they know I will not come. I love them, but it's too much. Absolutely. Too many family secrets and lies and grudges, and they love you one minute, and they talk about you behind your back the next minute. A lot of spirits, too. A lot of bad spirits. Yeah, bad energy. I can't deal with it. I won't deal with it, and I'll never bring my children around it. No. There is no freedom on earth that gives someone the right to assault who you are as a person. Amen. But that's just how some people are, and they don't see it as a form of toxicity. Some people won't be happy until they push your ego to the ground and they stomp on it. And, and then they'll smile and ask you if you want to go out to dinner tomorrow. Some people just miserable. No. I have developed over the years the nerve to stand up for myself and my legacy. Nobody has the power to make you feel small unless you give them that power. And it takes a great deal of courage to stand up to your enemies. But you know what? It takes just as much to stand up to your family and friends and leaders and people who you respect. Sometimes bullying, it comes from the most unlikely places. But, you know, you have to be cognizant of how the people closest to you treat you because they'll only do what you allow. That's true. And what you allow is what will continue. Mm-hmm. Nothing will change. Unless you do. Yes. And once I got rid of all the toxic people in my circle, then I began the journey toward a healthier, toxic-free Verlanda. Amen. And the first thing you need to know when you decide to embark on the journey toward better is that you're not alone. You are okay, but you have a lot of healing to do. Yes. And I had to go back and I had to apologize to a lot of people and to myself. And apologizing was a good start, but it didn't solve the problem. Right. The work that was mine was to change who I was. It was time to be selfish in the sense that it was time for me to stop worrying about what's wrong with everyone around me and start really focusing on what needed to be changed within me. There we go. Because the happier you are, the kinder you will be. That's a fact. I wasn't helpless. I was just wounded. But there was a light. And the more I worked at it and chipped away at it, the more I could see it. And 
I went through years of therapy to confront my demons. One of the most important things I did was get a relationship with God. That's huge. It may sound cliche, but it's huge. Yes, it, it is. It is important. All my life, I've been engulfed in religion. Religion. I've been in church since I was six weeks old. But when I knew better, when I got older and really understood who God was, I developed a real relationship with him. Explain to them religion real quick, briefly. Huh? What religion is versus... Religion uh, is church. You go to church every Sunday at 11 o'clock and you give your offering and you shout and you go to this function that the church is having and you sing your hymns, repetition, religion, and give to this it's ministry. It's the routine versus the relationship. The routine and shunning people away from the church and judging people away from the church and condemning people to hell. That's religion. Okay. And you'll see religiosity mm-hmm. ingrained in every type of religion. That's right. Every type of religion has its own set of values and, and rules, rules that yes. you have to follow. Yes. I grew up Pentecostal, mm-hmm. so you have to be dressy and you don't come into church wearing shorts mm-hmm. or jeans. Mm-hmm. And if you got on a skirt, the old mothers will you, give you the you little cloth to put on yeah. you, mm-hmm. you know. And when you sin outwardly, like if you have a baby out of wedlock and you're in leadership, they'll sit you down. Mm-hmm. And to, So I grew up like that. And then there are other churches, like for instance, my grandmom is Catholic. Yeah. Catholics, they didn't really dress up for church. Well, she was Catholic. But she, she was Catholic. They went to mass and they wore rosary. So that's religiosity. But above, once you throw away all that, I just wanted a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And God is accessible. He's common in every religion. In every religion. That's right. And so... Um, what I did was I started to read my Bible and I started to spend time with the Lord. And I listened to sermons on YouTube from some of my favorite pastors that brought the Bible to life and helped me to understand myself and my life a little better. I began to fast in an attempt to starve my flesh and feed my spirit so that I could grow stronger. And I spent time praying. God became one of my best friends and when i began to get more interested in jesus i became less interested in the world Amen. and what people thought of me that's it i stopped cursing i used to have a, a a filthy mouth i still do say a few words here don't be eyeing me listen i listen i still say a few words here and there i can admit but i totally switched up my language and i learned how to talk right yes you did i switched up the crazy music that i listened to that referenced loose sex and yes, drugs and yes sleeping you did with this person yes, and mother did. f of this and and i stopped watching shows on television that i love that was very popular like power. Power is a good show. So we're not I judging love, y'all. Y'all watch power. No. Everybody each his own. No, we to just each did it for own. us. I love that show, but it was poisoning my spirit with all of the drug talk and the fornication and the lying and the stealing and the killing. And then I started to take care of my physical self and I started to care about my health. I started going to the gym and getting active and putting down bad foods and picking up food that was good for me. Because when you feel better, you act better. That's right. And I stopped following the gossip accounts on social media that were keen on bashing people and comparing people's gifts to one another. And they start arguments and wars and all through the comment section, they cussing people out. I began to speak kindly 
did to myself and to other people. I started to be honest and operate in integrity. And I began to develop wisdom. And I learned how to pick my battles when it came to disputes or arguments. And when I parented my children, I began to treat and talk to them with respect and not beat them all the time out of frustration. And I developed a greater respect and a love for my husband because he was the man that God gave me. And you know, none of this stuff happened overnight. It don't. It takes I'm years. I'm speaking it like I'm just going down the list we like it was so easy. We still it was not. Yes. It was not. It's it a was process. Level. Yes, exactly. It's a process. It was levels and it was processes of trials and tribulations and plenty of opponents to practice what I wanted to see in my life. And it was hard. It was very hard. Yes, it's hard. It's hard. I had to forgive my mom and my dad and my family and myself in order to become a woman of integrity and honesty and someone who could be trusted. Forgiveness is huge. It's, it's huge. And what you are, you attract. So my new good heart and kind spirit began to attract other good people who were kind and good spirited as well. Amen. And I began to build healthy relationships and I learned to trust people and living a life of happiness that is free from poison and toxic people and destructive habits is not a destination that you reach. It's like an endless journey. There will always be choices to make where you have to decide between right and wrong. And people tell us all the time, you know, y'all make marriage look easy and raising three bad kids look fun. You know, how do you have so much patience? It's not it's easy. not easy. It's not easy. But you know what? The more you choose to live right, the easier it is to say no to the wrong things That's and the it. wrong people and That's getting it. involved in the wrong situation. Yes. At the end of the day, I don't want money or fame or stuff. I just want to be whole and I want to walk in the promises of God for my life. And what I've learned is that God's promises for your life aren't the ones you drive. It isn't what you cash or what you live in. God's promises for your life are the ones that make you whole. Mm -hmm. Life stole my peace and my sanity and my joy and my ability to function healthily for years. Even after I got married. And Tariq and I had little Tariq. And yes. we were doing all right for ourselves. I was still broken. But in this season, my brokenness was just harder to spot and easier to hide with stuff. Nice house. Sexy husband. Mm -hmm. Beautiful son. Nice car. Stuff doesn't equate anything. It certainly doesn't equate to happiness and wholeness. All it is is a good place to hide who you really are. Don't you see these celebrities out here killing themselves? Mm -hmm. They got Asses, all this. Yep. Yes. They got all this money and status and praise and power. Everything they, you would want. Yes. Yet they are internally bleeding and self-destructing. You guys know I, I am a doctoral candidate of psychology. Your last year. Yes. My last year. Yes, I am yes, yes. currently in the middle of writing my dissertation. And one of my favorite psychologists of all time, his name was Abraham Maslow. And uh, some say Maslow. I call him Maslow. I like to say Lau, like Mike Lowry. <laughs> um, anyhow, 
he created this theory called self-actualization and Maslow has what's called a hierarchy of needs. It's like a pyramid. It's like a, um, a, pyramid. a pyramid. Yes. And at the bottom of that pyramid is what's called physiological needs, such as air and food and water and sleep. And then above it, it's safety needs, things like money and resources and personal security. Right. And then at the top of that, it's love and belonging. And then at the top of that, it's esteem. And then finally, at the very top of his pyramid is called self-actualization. So what Maslow says is that um, people's individual, um, people's uh, basic needs for food and shelter as those needs are met, they can continually climb successfully that ladder to safety and then love and then belonging and then esteem. And then finally, when a person has reached their full potential and becoming the healthiest version of themselves, the self-actualizing person emerges. And there has been some research that has actually proven that people who have reached a sense of self-actualization. They said that they're happier and they're more fulfilled. Mm. But, you know, in reality, I call it BS. Okay. Because I'm not sure that self-actualization is truly attainable. And I say that because it is possible for people's needs to be met and okay. they still not be happy. That is a fact. You can have food and shelter and safety and money and respect and power and still jump off a bridge. Yeah. Research. Research, current research that I have done myself has shown that in first world countries like the United States, where humans' basic needs are met on a daily basis, they still experience higher divorce levels oh, and boredom yeah. and joylessness and despair. The United States right now is one of the richest countries in the world, and we have higher suicide rates than any third world country. Wow. St statistically, Caucasians are considered to be the happiest race, yet they have the highest suicide rates of any other race. Wow. It's not about what you have on the outside that determines your wealth. It's about what you possess on the inside that makes you wealthy. Anyhow, once I came out of my toxic ways... I learned not to take other people's toxic behavior personally. That's important. That's huge. It's huge. And there is a huge amount of freedom that comes to you when you take nothing personally. I say this because most toxic people, they behave negatively, not just to you, but to everybody that they interact with. Because they're toxic. Because they're toxic. And I know because I was one of them. What they say and do and the opinions they have are based entirely on their own self-reflection. Y'all know who these people are. Y'all can tell. You can tell by the energy. You know it. There's drama all around them. Stay away from them. <laughs> <laughs> and I keep this in mind when I'm dealing with people on social media. Oh, Lord. Um, when you're dealing with a huge audience of people, you have to deal with all of their opinions and criticisms and ways of thinking and doing. And sometimes Susan from Ohio or Bill from the Bronx forget that these are my children, not theirs. And so if they don't like how I parent or something I've said, they tend to make harsh criticisms and opinions and they can be very rude and disrespectful and reach for things that aren't there. And I love people. Uh, Susan and Bill included, right. but I don't allow anyone 
anyone to take me out of the beautiful character that I have spent so many years developing and back into the old habits of cursing people out and telling them what they can kiss and arguing back and forth. I don't just preach the message. I am the message Amen. for some people. And many times it's not what you say, but it's how you live. That's more effective for people. And I choose to live in peace and not respond to critics with the same hate that I despise and expect to change anything. And finally, the most important, uh, I learned to take time out to regroup and to shut down from people so that I can reflect and think. What does that mean? It means I set limits and boundaries. After dealing with people on the internet and dealing with my children and taking care of my mother-in-law and trying to be a good wife, and I have to take a break. Yes, you do. Because if I don't, I'll get very overwhelmed very quickly. I will get frustrated and upset and bent out of shape because I'm tired or hungry or stressed. And in those moments, I'm more vulnerable and short fused and I'm likely to tell everybody off or say things I don't mean. And moments like these are when the most arguments happen in my house between Tariq and I, or when I'm more likely to spank my children first and ask questions later, or see somebody saying something rude to me on Instagram and go off. Or if my flow is here. <laughs> So I try to take care of my space. I can't have peace if I don't make time for it. And so sometimes I have to turn off my phone. A lot of times I set limits on my phone. I don't get on the internet until I open up my Bible and read a devotion and pray and thank God for opening my eyes Amen. and waking me up in the morning. Yes. And I set limits on my phone that tell me when to log off and shut it down for the night. And I don't ever turn on my notifications. I do not want the conversation of the entire human race buzzing in my pocketbook. I love people. I love what I do. And I love to interact with them, but I find that I am healthiest when I can disconnect from them and not be at the mercy of people 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And you know, this is your life and you may not be able to control all the things that toxic people do to you, but you can decide not to be reduced by them in the long run. Yes. You can decide not to let the actions and the opinions of them continuously invade your heart That's and your right. mind. And above all, you can decide whom to walk beside into tomorrow and whom to leave behind today. That's it. Leave them. <laughs> so I encourage you all to move forward. I don't know where you are in your toxicity or toxic relationships, but that doesn't matter because you can decide to change at any given moment. And just remember that when you pray and when you ask God to remove trouble, oftentimes he'll give you more trouble to use as target practice to, to, you know, get better and to heal from whatever it is that you're asking him to remove. He's right. not just going to drop healing out of the sky. No, he don't do that. It'll never happen. He'll put you through experiences to get you healed. Yes. And you may not understand it then, but it'll become clearer the more you go through it. Yes. And on my journey toward better. Many times I failed. I still fail today. I mess up. But I get back up and I dust myself off mm -hmm. and I keep moving forward. I walked away from everything that was comfortable and I walked into the unknown. And it was hard 
And I didn't know where exactly I was headed on this journey, but I knew God would be there. So I know it would be all right. Amen. And on this journey toward healing and self-love and happiness and wisdom, it walked me right onto a God orchestrated platform of 100,000 people who are watching and wondering and trying to figure out how I did it. They're traveling down similar roads that I now have a map to. And because I make the choice to discover truth and healing, I can now help heal other people. Mm -hmm. And this was a hard conversation to have. Yes. But very raw, Mm -hmm. very honest. And transparent. And transparent. But you know what? I'm hoping that it leads somebody in the right direction toward your own freedom. God bless you. God bless you all. Good job. Did I do well? Yes, you did. I felt exposed.